Good evening, dear listener. Men, women, boys, girls, tall, short, thin, chunky, hirsute, or bald. And just breathe slowly, breathe deeply. Kick off your shoes, lie back, and allow my smooth and silky tones to wash over you as we gently venture into the podding shed for episode 98. We are just two away from the milestone, or, for those of a more modern bent, the kilometre stone, to the century of episodes. Um, after a season of, in my own opinion, other opinions are available and will no doubt be forthcoming, some of the dullest football in my memory of Stamford Bridge, we have somehow contrived to finish third and get to the final of the League Cup, where we made a decent but futile fist of the game. And of course the final of the Europa League. It's hard to deny we've tried to win something for the serial non-trophy winner of Maurizio Sarri, it has, by any measure, been statistically a decent season. Uh, but my issue is Sarri Ball and the drumming out of such things as individuals running with the ball, dribbling, taking on opponents at the altar of some sort of utopian one-touch passing football. This, to me, is football dressage. Or football as basketball. It is Sabutio with real players. Kids, just go and Google Sabutio or ask your dads or your uncles about it. Uh, for me, football is about the tackle, the dribble, the taking on of players, the skill of brilliant defenders. It's the skill of players like Cook, Nevin, Zola, Robin, Hazard, um, to bamboozle the great defenders, or indeed to be thwarted by the very greatest of them. All of these attributes seem to be the very antithesis of what uh, Maurizio Sarri wants, uh, and this bollocks myth that is Sarri ball. So, success in part, but for me, it's been at the cost of the very soul of the game, without which we lose the passion and the spirit and combative nature of what football is about. Our last episode was some time ago. Uh, I've got to apologise that. I've seen far more duties with the Chelsea fan cast, it seems, than with the Podding Shed. Um, and I don't get paid for that one either. Um, plus, you know, my excuse in the last couple of weeks is I've had a new dog to deal with and he's only 16 weeks. And, well, I'm basically spending most of my time running around the house trying to find him or trying to retrieve things that he keeps bringing me that belong to me in the first place. Um, Have you taught him old tricks? Um, I've not told him any tricks yet at the moment, apart from sit. Um, But uh, I'm I'm going to try and see how good he gets in the defensive phase at some point or another. You know, I just wondered, you know, because people try and teach old dogs new tricks. (laughs) Yeah, new a new my new dog old tricks. I'll I'll see what I can come up with. But um, um, yeah, um, that's one excuse. But I think the uh, the other reason is the very mojo that makes me love football has been absolutely diluted by. Sarri ball or whatever rubbish phrase it is uh, and the style of play um, so much so that the brick wall of apathy has been built around me and it's just taken me time to chip enough bricks away for me to stick my head out and host this um, but remember this our bijou delicate and whimsical little podcast will always live by the mantra that we still and we will always pod when we want Tonight, despite their allegedly gainful and allegedly legal employment, doing stuff that really is about grafting, I've managed to assemble a shimmering lineup who would be willing to go the full Monty for you just to bring you honest and uncensored view from the front line. These are fans that go to the games. No, honest they do. And even if they didn't, they would still be real fans because here we don't classify match-going fans as better than those who can't get there. They're just different fans. Um, uh, and each set has its own worthy perspective on 
what they see from a game. Um, uh, this lot that I've assembled tonight, these friends of mine, um, they do run the full gamut of emotions from joy to heartbreak in order to offer insightful and controversial opinions to apply the smoke and mirrors and dark arcs of fact and fake news and factual and speculative comment for all of your enjoyment. Uh, uh, but chiefly and primarily, they, they do like to have a moan. Uh, as stated, this is episode 98. The episode is as yet untitled. But of course, the dear leader and promoter, Nick, our very own version of Peter Grant, former Led Zeppelin manager, go and read about him. He was brilliant. Uh, we'll devise something devious, dramatic, devilish, dirty, dynamic, devastating and maybe even dubious with which to title the episode. So let's crack on. Start by introducing tonight's pod in Shed Glitterati, starting with me. Of course, my name is Tony Glover. I'm also known by my Twitter handle of UK. And for tonight, I will be the Nick Fury of the evening, trying to get the rest of the heroes under control and acting for the greater good to defeat the arch enemy of bland and safe comment that is the Thanos of every podcast. This is very much referencing Avengers Endgame and uh, Infinity War. So if you haven't seen them, you will not know what the hell I'm talking about. But I will be intervening with smart-ass comments when relevant and maybe some elongated pauses when uh, uh, mm, when I'm thinking aloud. Um, so, first of all, let's introduce our very own Doctor Strange, a man with strange literary and musical powers who turns his world and ours inside out and somehow it still makes sense. Please welcome Donal, a.k.a. At Doctor underscore Blue Bio. Welcome, Donal. Good evening. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here. Yeah. After such an exciting and wonderful season of, of football. Yes. Uh, which I'm looking forward to discussing with your good self. Indeed. Um, once again, we welcome back a man who you might have assumed I would be going down the path of Black Panther. But I'm not going to. Because he seems far better to be suited to the... And this is a spoiler alert, kids... The new Captain America. Welcome, Kweku. Good to have you back on. Good evening. Good evening. Although I would like to bring some vibranium to the entire Chelsea team and <laughs> uh, hopefully lift them out of their <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. sort of poison the entire season. Yeah, indeed, there are there is some there are some, there will be some head scratching off. He's going vibranium. Thanos, what's this bloody goat bloke going on about? But anyway, um, next. And I'll oh, back after a brief sojourn from his now regular starting place. We have our very own Thor. Yes, Thor. Chiseled good looks. And some are not scared to use rational thought and opinion as his hammer. And to use his sharpened axe to slice through the bullshit. Please welcome Martin Wickham. Also known on Twitter as at Martin underscore Wickham. Good evening, Martin. Good evening. I haven't watched either Avengers or Game of Thrones, so I've spent the last five minutes wondering what the fuck you've been going on about, to be quite honest. <laughs> it, does, good, good it, does, it does remind me of a, uh, a great poem I once learnt about Thor. Do you, do you want to hear it? Yes, yeah, far away before we get to Clayton. Yes, go on. Yeah, in days of yore, the god of war went riding on his filly. I'm Thor, he cried. The horse replied. You've forgotten your faddle, Philly. <laughs> right, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's yeah, it's not Alfred Lord Tennyson. No, I give you that. No, no, it sounds like Spike Milligan. <laughs> it does sound like Spike Milligan. Well, just, it? just, just to add to the literary expertise, I'll uh, bring some historical uh, mythology. Apparently, Thor was always drunk. It was either Thor or his dad, Odin. Oh, so right. any of you who are you know, permanently you know me too drunk, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we if go. Any of you want to assume that role? Yeah. Um, so take it. finally. 
we have our very own Hawkeye, who is actually uh, called Ronin for the final movie, um, but a man whose aim is quick and true, piercing the ridiculous and the pompous with his arrows of common sense. Please welcome Clayton Beerman, also known as at Goldie59 on Twitter. Good evening, Clayton. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, it's good to hear your dulcet tones. I think you might have missed you at the last game, um, but I believe you were probably somewhere sunnier, better and generally nicer. Well, the last game technically was last Thursday, um, Ah. but I wasn't there for the last league game uh, because I was celebrating a significant birthday in uh, sunny Mallorca and Ah. uh, apparently I made the right decision. Um, I I believe you actually did, yes, indeed. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, that's the that, that's our glitterati for this evening. On to the football. Uh, we're now past the end of the Premier League season, um, so we'll continue the conversation about the general state of the Chelsea nation. I, I, I really don't want to sort of get into this uh, match reviews, but I will ask you all for a punchy season review, uh, and then we'll talk about you know whether it's been uh, good enough, worse or better than anticipated, how we feel about the Europa League. Um, I've got a particular point of view on that. Uh, we could talk about um, Sarri, um and whether or not he's the future, or a mistake, or whatever, uh, especially with the um, growing rumours that um, Italian football is uh, ready to swoop on him uh, and open a vacancy for any number of other managers, from Diego Simeone to Frank Lampard to all sorts. Um, and you know, what the guy from Juventus who was allegedly seen in a in a London restaurant last week. You know, like nobody can ever visit London and have a meal out. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll start with you, first of all, I think, um, Clayton. A season review. Just, you know, what you think of what you've seen and, 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 and generally this season. Oh, I'm so not glad that you picked me to start <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I, I, I haven't enjoyed it. I really haven't. I've basically found it quite turgid i found the the whole divisive um situation that seems to have been created between fans on social media really unpleasant it's just been a a, a really really unpleasant season um the football has on the main or in the main been awful um we have a manager that I detest more than any manager that I can remember. Um, And that's not really very fair because on the bare facts of it, he's done a very good job because we are qualified for the Champions League. We were, we lost a League Cup final on a really awful um, linesman's decision in the last couple of minutes. And we could win the Europa League but in terms of of seasons gone past it's it's just been very disappointing and before anybody says yes um but what about in the 70s and the 80s those seasons were consisted with teams full of players who couldn't actually play football who were awful and did their best and yes that was an awful time this is a a scenario where you've got lots of very talented players who basically are are bumbling about. And and I I think that last Thursday's game against Eintracht Frankfurt just summed up the whole season. Played relatively well in the first half and the second half just completely disappeared. 
in extra time looked like they just met each other really just awful for me just been a really really disappointing season i think this is the point i alluded to in in, in that rather lengthy intro was, was that there's a you know a very a big huge difference between the statistics and the facts and the empirical uh numbers that you see you know of third place of um, of a Europa League final, of a, a League Cup final, you know, in amongst all of that, there's a four 0 away defeat to Bournemouth. There's a six 0 humiliation of Manchester City, um, and, and there's some dismal football. And, and a manager who, for me, is the least engaged with the fans I've ever seen. And I, I include Avram Grant, I include AVB in that. Um, so you know, I, I I'm actually right there by your side on this one. It's not been enjoyable for me. Um, but um, you know, and I'm trying to sort of differentiate and bring that difference out. Say, so actually, you look, you can look at the statistics, but this football is more than that. There's a soul, there's a spirit, there's a there's something about it that you enjoy it, even when you're losing. It, it, whether it's the combative nature or the, uh, you know, the, the you know, and I will mention it. But for the Liverpool fans last week, that must have been absolutely fabulous to be at to watch your team come back from basically being written off. Um, and you know that you know for me, Jurgen Klopp has taken a team that's not much better than ours. Actually, I'd argue it's probably not as, as uh, not any better than ours. But he has them running through brick walls for him. They are doing everything he's asking and more. So for the next bit of the review, I will go to, and I know where I'm going to go to because I, I, I want this as a, a, a different angle. Kweku, tell us what you're thinking. Oh. He's thinking, blimey, my bus is late. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, this proof of anything that we record this live, live there is that we didn't manage to get um, contact with uh, Kweku in Thunderbird 5. Uh, Martin, your views. <laughs> <laughs> nice little Thunderbirds reference there. Yes, um, it's, I've not in, I've not enjoyed it much on the pitch, although it improved a little bit towards the end but I'm sure we'll get onto the reasons why for that I think off the pitch has just been frankly fetid I think you know we've we've you've already talked about the great word divide on the divide on twitter between um so-called match going alcoholic your dars and statistics yeah. and all that stuff yeah. there's been other you know issues with you know feeling like fans are being watched and policed which has created it's caused people to agree on one thing but then completely fall out of each other because the way things that happened afterwards were weren't handled very well mm. in my view mm. um others will may believe differently and i also off off the pitch as well I, I think the club have just done everything in their power to just provoke lack you provoke us into like not renewing season tickets. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm not going to back. Who? That's my decision. Mm. It's fucking ridiculously expensive. Yes. Yeah. And in previous European finals in Munich in Amsterdam, they extended the season ticket renewal deadline. Yep. They they moved it a fortnight. They to the start of June when we said, look, in light of the fact that you're paying out to get to the final, we'll just move the deadline back. Yeah. Now, this final in Baku is more time-consuming for those who are going to get to, far more expensive because 
there's planes, trains, and automobiles to get there. Well, the by all description, I mean, yeah. we all know Tim rolls in his yeah, yeah. magic magical mystery tour to get there and back. <laughs> um, and they're not. They're, they've in, they've sent a reminder today. Renewals this Friday. They're not even contemplating extending the deadline. And it's I just find it absolutely obscene that they're expecting fans to in some cases the the season ticket renewals cost just short of fourteen hundred quid. Yeah. And you add on at least a grand if you go for the cheapest match ticket and the cheapest flight you can get mm. and people many people are paying far more than than that. It's and they they expect that money to be paid out without question. They've just taken it taken it for granted. So I I think they've been I think they've there's been a disrespect of certain elements of the Chelsea fan base from the club. Mm. And a, a, an example I'd like to cite, um, they released a statement at half time during the game in Budapest condemning fan behaviour and using in my view quite inflammatory language and it later turned out there was no case to answer. It couldn't be proven. They waited 48 hours before releasing a statement when one of their own employees was racially abused in Kiev. So they, I, mm. it's needless provocation. It, it seems it, it it seems almost like it's not. It, there's no joined up writing going on here at all, doesn't it? And I think that I wonder whether whether you know that makes Maurizio Sarri the perfect front for the continued... Maurizio Sarri is a proxy for some of this. Yes, and I think Jorginho has been as well. I'm not a big fan of Sarri. I personally, I think some of the quirks and foibles that have been mentioned, there may be other reasons for that. I, I mean. We've we've all speculated about it on social media, but yeah. we probably can't repeat it here. But um, in terms in terms of you know the league position, the two cup finals, I think he has he's done okay. Is it? And, is it? Um, well, I'll actually, I'll bring you in here, Donald, as well. Um, without, uh, just let, uh, uh, the listener no, is that Queku. Unfortunately, the downlink between us and Queku in Thunderbird Five has gone, so he won't be rejoining. Calling sadly. international uh, rescue. Yeah, calling international rescue. Um, yeah, let's not rely on that satellite tonight. Um, but Donald, um, I'd like your view on this, and also if you want to add uh, add a piece in, because I think Martin's gone down a very interesting road here with um, Maurizio Sarri. Um, being a proxy for a continued disconnection, if you like, or a growing disconnection between the club and the fans. And certainly something that my experience is that, um, you know, Clayton said that he's not disliked a manager like this ever. And I've, I'm pretty much the same. I, I feel very, uh, I don't feel any warmth, empathy, uh or, or engagement towards him or from him. And whether or not, you know, that's, the, the the reason he's there he's there to you know almost act as a catalyst for that co- you know continued disconnection between club and fans as they try to reduce the number of season tickets and sell more tickets on the day etc that sort of thing give me your views you know on the season and also that kind of political point um season uh, we obviously didn't have time to dig it out there's probably a podcast somewhere um number whatever it was where we all gave our predictions for the season and I've got no idea what mine were um, they would have been on the downside because I you know I'm as I said before I'm not a, a glass half full or a glass half empty man I'm a 
watch that glass, you're about to knock it off the table. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I, I very much doubt if, if many of us, because we're going into the season, it was going to be a transition. We, I think everyone agreed this is a transition. Mm. You know, we, we've had... I mean, we had a great year with Conte, then we had a terrible year with Conte, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. And a lot of the football in that sort of second season wasn't that inspiring. Uh, and the atmosphere was very dour because, you know, the contrast with the season before where everything seemed to have gone well and, you know, we'd been a fag paper away from a double. Um, and then you go back uh, to... Jose's return, you know, that ended up going quite sour. Um, you know, we've, I, to my mind, we've had sour seasons, you know, in the last few, you know, five or six seasons, you know, three of them turned into quite sour experiences. Um, so I'm not quite as um, down about the football because I don't need to go back to the 70s to talk about things not being great things weren't great towards the end of Mourinho's first season uh, first um, session in charge and um, you know we had a, a very poor year when Mourinho got the boot again on the second one and we had you know not a great year last year so this year was meant to be a transition I would agree that it was supposed to be we were going into the tunnel and then coming out in the light. Some would say that there was a fair bit of light at the beginning of the tunnel and now it seems to have gone a lot darker. Um, Even out of the light was a train coming the other way. Yes, possibly. Um, I, I, I have been astonished by quite how, uh, how um, upset uh, people have been, including the two of you. I, I don't I have to confess I don't quite understand why we're all as upset as we are yeah the football hasn't been great I, I don't dispute that um, and perhaps Sarri isn't the man but we, to my mind we've watched some fairly tedious football already um, I, I, I think part part of the the problem is that he plays possession football and having watched other games with teams that play possession football, um, better teams than, than Chelsea this season, against a certain level of team, you always end up with a massive amount of possession and not very much production. Yes, other teams somehow get the win when we struggled or don't fall apart as we did against Bournemouth, but you still get a lot of the playing around you know, moving the ball one side of the pitch to the other back again, uh, you know, and not really getting very much penetration. I think that's the nature of the game as it is when you get big possession teams and teams who can easily keep possession against some of the lesser teams who who sit in and, and want to hit you on the counter attack. I don't, I don't quite get the. I don't quite get the personal animosity towards Sarri. I'm not saying he's a, a charismatic person at all. Obviously, seems to be the opposite. But I don't think he's said or done that much to to to, to attract the sort of 
animus that he has. I mean, you, Tony, you call him a fag-munching tramp. <laughs> yeah, right? fag well, I know, I know, I know that, you know, to some extent, that's um, at times meant to be humorous. But other times, you know, you obviously get well, very upset. I, I think and, and, you know, I, I do agree. You know, we all like a, you know, a bit like our mothers, probably. We like a man in a suit mm. rather than a man <laughs> dressing the way he does. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I am. And bemused um, yeah. by by some of the the flack he has taken, I, I, because it, as you say, I think that the, I think he is a a uh, he is attracting a an amount of discontent. I mean, I've seen lots and lots of people saying, "I'm not renewing my season ticket. I'm never coming to Chelsea again." I'm not, but they weren't saying that when we were losing, you know, game after game in in, in that really poor Mourinho season. Well, I think that. I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think. I think. Is it because every new manager we've had tends to hit the ground running and go up recently, and then goes downhill? Whereas here, people are expecting. No, I, more. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think the difference here, in my opinion, and I know it's churlish, and I know it's unfair to Sarri, probably. But I think the difference here is you're talking about... So, for example, let's just go back one season, OK? So, the the whole Conte thing, the season, the, the, the second half of the season was, was not good in terms of the football that we watched and the Man City game away being the prime example where he lost, he lost the, the fans to a greater degree. But we ended up at the end of that season... We won the FA Cup. Now, we may actually win the Europa League this year, what have you. But the point is with Conte is that you could see what Conte was trying to do. I think the major difference as far as the whole Sarri thing is concerned is that we haven't got a clue what he's trying to do. Now, obviously, there was this whole myth about Sarri ball at the beginning of the season. Now, it may be that he hasn't had the players. He didn't have a pre-season, and therefore to do what he's done is remarkable. But, on the other hand, he has had the players now for a full season. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know what football style we're supposed to be playing. I do know that he's playing one of the best players in the world out of position. I do know that he's alienated players who he could have used, who could have helped him during the season. So yep. I, th- I, th- I think that the difference, Donald, between where it all went wrong with other managers is that I can't see what's happening. I don't see... I mean, obviously, the lack of connection is a big thing. And, I mean, it's a bit childish, but I think all supporters want to see that your manager cares, not that you know, not to sort of not come on the pitch because he's superstitious when he has to give a team talk at the beginning of extra time. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a combination of things. I think that that's what yeah. it is. I think that there is, it's, it's a complete sort of a, just a, a complete non-comprehension of what the hell's going on? I think I, I'll, I'll jump in now because I, I I agree with you, Clayton. Um, I've been I've been a, you know a little bit critical, and I will say I do you know the the two guys uh, that I sit next to at Stamford Bridge are Italian guys, and they 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 tell me that his nickname 
is the hospital porter um, because of simply the, the way he dresses, okay? And it's very hard to argue with that. Um, I, I, I'm not saying the man has to be... Uh, he, I don't expect to see him you know, wobbling down the catwalk or whatever, but um, he is the public face of Chelsea Football Club. Whichever way you look at it, the players, yes... But, you know, uh, he is the, 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 the kind of public face. He's the one that does the press conferences, post and pre-match. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of that Europa League game against Frankfurt, he went straight down a tunnel. He didn't celebrate with the players on the pitch afterwards. Um, and we saw a very different thing with, you know, Antonio Conte, who would go round and, sh- you know, go mm-hmm. out of his way to shake every player's hand and the opposition's. And so I think it's a demeanour thing. Uh, for me, as much as anything well, you, you else, could, you could argue. I mean, I'm, this is just playing devil's advocate. You could argue that um, perhaps he's uh, more self-effacing and, and believes that the players, you know, I, I, he, I, and the, I, he and the players have a certain relationship, yeah. and he's not going to go and pretend that he's their big mate every time right. they win. He's going to let them celebrate, and he goes away and, and lets them have the yeah. limelight. I'm but, not saying that's what he actually does, no. but you could. The, the natural what, what has struck me and. As I say, the, the football is probably more important, and I think we tend to get distracted by the social media thing. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the social media thing appears to be divided into, you know, two two pretty hostile camps. You have <laughs> those who, who who say, "Did you watch Napoli last year?" And then you have those who, whatever he does, yeah, yeah. whatever he does, they will put the gloss on it. That is the most negative thing they can do. Yeah, and uh, you know. I, I, he's uh, like any coach, like any manager. He he does make mistakes. He some of what he's done, I I'm I, I have as little comprehension of it uh, as you guys do. Yeah. But I I just I find it well, as fans, we we sit there every season, sort of saying, oh well, you know, as long as we can do this next season, we get we we get fed up with someone or someone's going to be sacked. Okay, we then come up with a big list. And you mentioned Simeone. Yes, it is Simeone time because at this time every year we all discuss whether or not Chelsea are going to get Diego Simeone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, whether we need a, a hard, a hard Argentinian. I, I bought yes. a, I bought a hat two years ago going on holiday, a trilby which is vastly multicoloured and all my family hate, and it's hanging up down there in the hallway, and perhaps. Perhaps we'll be able to do some sort of filmed event whereby I am shown eating not all of that hat, but part of that hat. Then Diego Simeone walks onto Stamford Bridge and waves to everyone. Yeah. We will, I will organize to have a spotlight up into the stand where I am sitting, quietly eating my hat. Yes. And there seems to be this constant. Necessity for some sort of wish fulfillment. We can't live in the present. We have to be looking yeah. to the future. Oh, and, I... and what we've got is never enough. Someone no. else has always got something better. And I'm not sure that, that that's no. healthy. I, I'm not saying that people aren't entitled to feel that way. Of course they are. But, but I just, 
I, 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 I can't fathom some of it. I, I actually see that as part of the fault with the club. The club have had the, the revolving door more under Roman on the manager's office than, than, than they ever had with Ken Bates, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, and I think we've got that disease. Yeah, and I think we definitely have got that. And we're going to bring Martin in here, because I just want to bring you in and say, OK, so third place, good enough, worse or better than anticipated with the Europa League final, but 25 points behind second place, Martin. Your views? Yeah, the league position is certainly much higher than I expected it would be, say, at the start of February, that's for certain. <laughs> um, but with that in mind, you, you have to bear in mind the gap to... Well, gap is more like a bloody chasm <laughs> between <laughs> Liverpool and Man City now. They're, 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 both... they're doing helicopter journeys across the, the gap. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're selling guided tours and things like that. Um, that has to be borne in mind. That gap is enormous. I think Liverpool have had something like a 25-point swing from last season to this and have you know, 97 points and not won the league, which is actually quite funny if you're not a Liverpool fan, but yeah. gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching for them, my heart bleeds and all that. Um, and City are just maintaining their standards from last season. Um, and the cup runs an added bonus. And what I'm probably more a little bit more pleased about is that the Europa League final... Because we finished in the top four, there's a little less jeopardy on that final. So, on the one hand, it may mean they can relax a little bit. On the other hand, it means Arsenal have to focus. And when they get their arse in gear, they tend to be quite good. Because yeah. if they lose that final, they're in the Europa League for, I think, for a third successive season. Yeah, and, and, got, it, I've and it becomes a habit rather than an aberration. Yeah, I've actually written it down here that on the Europa League, are, are you all as worried as me? Because Arsenal have far more to play for, um, and they don't have any daft, you know, rather daft, poorly scheduled US games between um, uh, on, now on the, and the final. But you know, I, 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 I take your point, and I just wonder about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so on, on the US, on the US game, I'd, I, I mean, it's been in the books for a while. I think it's Roman's personal and personal thing, and Okay, fair enough. It's just unfortunate that um, we happen to have been in this Europe League on. I think if it was scheduled in July, there wouldn't be any complaints. It's, but um, I can't... I mean, I'm sure Arsenal will probably play behind closed doors as well because there's no way they're going to take two weeks off, a week yeah. and a half off, and then prepare for the final. They're, they're going to be keep themselves ticking over. I think Liverpool and Spurs will probably do the same thing in the Champions League final. It ours is just a little bit more high profile, and it's yeah. in Boston, so you've got all the. So that, uh, can, I, can, I, can I give you a can I give you a little little ray of light? You, you're talking about the gap from us to Liverpool. You may be encouraged to know that the gap from us to the winning team um, last year was 30 points, I believe. Whereas this year, it's only something like um, uh, a bit less than that. 26. <laughs> <laughs> what was the gap to second place last year? <laughs> uh, Eleven. But it, it's, uh, it's not. Do you not? Do you not it's, think though? The gap is the gap to the winner that I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. we're 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 doggedly we're, we're pulling them back. <laughs> Come on, Clayton. Sorry, are you going to come in with something? No, but I mean, you know, whereas we were saying this thing about the, um, I don't know which one of you guys actually made the point, which I think is a very salient point, is the fact that Sarri is a whipping boy for everything that's wrong with the club. The reason why we are 26 points behind Manchester City or whatever it is, is because the, the way the club's been run over the last 
couple of years. The fact yeah. that the squad is no longer what it was, and we are, you know, Manchester mm. City have built and they've done it the right way, and Liverpool have done it the right way, and we've done not a lot. You know, yeah. we've. Can, can, can I just tell the listener to go to go and pick up whatever heavy large objects they want? so that they can throw it at whatever device they're listening to this on. Because, <laughs> obviously, we're, we're on we're on sort of podding shed and podcast type bingo, and someone has to say this, and I'm going to upset, obviously, cool. a lot of very fine football people by saying, of the top four, yeah, <laughs> of the top, you know where I'm going, yeah. of the top four, Sarri has been in his position for a season... The other three have all had a lot more time to develop their squads. Oh, you can hear the oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Hang on. I, I can I, hear I, the howls of outrage I, from I, that. I, don't that. I think Clayton, uh, uh, you know, and was 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 a very good point there. I mean, um, we, you know, the the thing with Conte was there was this Conte sulk that went on from January, you know, to the second half of the season allegedly based on the fact that having won the league, he said now, to go and compete in the Champions League and compete again next year with those extra games, we need these players or players of this ilk. And the club went, well, you won the league by eight points. This is We've seen this repeatedly. This is regression to the mean in terms of behaviour of the club saying, hey, you won the league, what do you need more players for? <laughs> you know, well, it, so, it, this is exactly what happened with Jose. Yes, second, it is. The yeah. second time and, and Carlo because, and Carlo Ancelotti as well. Yeah, like, because we were top from day one to day zero. He said, "I need such and such." I said, "Yeah, but you won the league by thirteen points. You don't need anybody." Yeah. You know, this this is a board who is basically not listening to football people. Yeah. You know, Conte, fantastic football. You know, steeped in football. You know, so so what happens is the one time the board listens to the manager, we get a fucking pub footballer for a centre forward. <laughs> now, who could you possibly be talking about? Um, however, uh, uh, you know, I'm tempted to say that as but only a, on loan, as a, as a new as a as a new convert to the the uh, the variant of football called walking football specifically for um gentlemen and possibly ladies over a certain age gonzalo higuain would struggle to get in the team i play in because i don't think he'd be fast enough <laughs> he's fucking hopeless and the, the thing the goals he's scored there's been all these little flashes of it and we had it a little bit with torres but torres was far more Made far more effort, and you see, you see Higuain with his when he gets hold of a ball, he properly leathers it. And there's a couple, I think it was one of the goals he scored where if the keeper had got in front of it, he was going in the net with it. He yes, hit it that hard. Indeed, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, it's like instinctive finishing. It's the same thing we said with Morata, but yeah. then there are other times like with them, <laughs> Leicester on last Sunday. The, but the, yeah. <laughs> that miss. If you listen to the commentary feed closely, I'm not recommending anyone. Lose an hour and a half of their life watching that game again because it was <laughs> fucking tedious. But if you listen closely enough, you can hear a, dis- a distant voice in the back of the away and shouting, "You fucking wanker! How did you miss that?" Uh, that's me. Yeah. Okay. And I thought it might be. Now I just want to say though, I mean, so we've talked about, it, but are we third? 
Okay, and you know, we'll take the Europa, Europa League because we have performed quite well in that competition. But are we third because we're the best of the worst? Is that what it is? That what it's come down to? That we? I think we're in, third. In golf, in, sorry, in, I was going to say in golf. When you play uh, golf, you, you're always trying to put your last hole behind you. You know, good or bad, you, you, you concentrate on on you know. And it is that cliched, right? We're only looking at the game in front of us. But there was a very famous goal, and I think it may well have been Leeds Fino, who basically said, you know, the person who wins a game of golf at match play, uh, in the match play format, is the one who makes the least amount of mistakes. So are we third because we made less mistakes than Spurs, Arsenal and Manchester United? Or were we better? Have we Did we save the best till last? And, and anyone can come in on this, you know. Uh, can I jump in? Yeah. Um, well, firstly, the people I know who play golf, they if they win, it's because they cheated the best. That's, <laughs> another, that's, that's another matter, you know, standing uh, yeah. on balls and things like that. But, um, Perish the, the bloody thought. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> that's not my, what's the joke? You know, that's not my ball. I've got it in, your, got it in my pocket. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, with third, well, I think we, we kind of fell upwards, which is <laughs> unusual. <laughs> I mean, Man United were, a, I managed to have two meltdowns in a season. One at the, with Jose in charge, and then he goes, and Ole has about ten games where his main quality is not been Jose Mourinho. Right. Gets the contract, and we've all just gone, oh, this may not work, and... The minute he got, he signed, he was appointed permanently, it's just gone downhill. I mean, that lost to Cardiff recently was ridiculous. So they've, of, they're the ones that have fallen away, and they were second last season, be you where Liverpool. Um, they've fallen away to where they are, and they've, I, you know, their commercial department's furious as well because they have to play Europa League qualifiers at the end of July rather than fly to China for friendlies. Right. Uh, Arsenal were a weird one. I don't. I thought Emery would do a decent job. And I, for the most part, he has. And they've, unlike us, they've got two very good strikers, <laughs> which always helps. But they still have weaknesses elsewhere, and they're losing Ramsey, who is probably, ironically, the player probably most suited to playing in the new style. Um, and Tottenham. How can you lose 13 times? Yeah, they've gone more Spursy than normal. I mean, they they were they they were seriously up to Christmas. I seriously had a worry that they were in with the chance of of winning the the Premiership. I I mean, you know, the fact is they could still win the Champions League, which would be a a, a hard enough pill to swallow for anybody. But um, yeah, you know, their 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 drop off in form. In the yeah. last well, few couple you, of months, it's been dramatic. tell Spurs they're in a title challenge, they shit themselves and mm. fall away. I mean, there was, a, I think, as recently as February, they were saying, you know, this could be a, a three-way title race, and they fell away, put everything on Europe, which is a hell of a bet if that's what they were trying to do. It's yeah, just yeah, about, yeah. Just about paid off. And yeah. how much they can do going forward with the stadium, and that is... Well, well, we'll see in the next few years. They need to keep finishing in the top four, and if they don't, then they have maybe have to sell to pay the pay the bank debts yeah. off. But yeah, but we, they've all had issues of their own, and we had less issues. Uh, we had we obviously had a trough of form in February, March, but then after the international break, we scabbed that win against Cardiff, and then just kept you know stumbling across the odd three points and. It's got us into third place. I still have no idea how, 
But um, it's something to build on. And the fact is, he's in. We're in the Champions League next season, so he's hit his minimum target. We've done very well in the Europa League, but I would also say that we're, the first decent team we played was in the semi-final, and we struggled there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Carabao Cup, as Clayton said earlier, if that asshole of a linesman had done his fucking job properly and let play go on rather than flag we could have won that in normal time yeah yeah so it's all ifs buts and maybes yeah donald go on then um have we Um, have we fallen upwards (laughs) i uh, think it's the greatest one of the greatest phrases i've heard in ages we've we've kind of stumbled upwards (laughs) somewhere somewhere in the in the vast libraries of pathé news um there'll be some old black and white footage of what's known you still see it, the odd bit of it, but it's known as stayo racing. And what it was, was blokes on, uh, generally blokes, it was blokes, on bikes with, like, the forks were sort of bent back towards them. And they used to ride behind these huge, like, motorbikes um, with a little roller on them. And the whole point of the sport, really, was endurance. And they'd go round this track, round and round the track, lap after lap after lap. And some people would try and increase the pace slightly just to get a gap and just to stay ahead. And then finally they wouldn't be able to sustain it. It was known as stayer racing and Chelsea in last season, this season have been stayer racing effectively in that they have basically stayed on the same pace, give or take a point or two, give or take a converting a, a loss to a, uh, to a draw. Um, for this season compared to last season. And as people rightly pointed out, everyone else has moved up or down around them. Um, because I think, yeah, we, we won 21 games this season. Uh, you wouldn't have got that impression of any deep joy from the fan base, but they won 21 games and I think they, they lost one fewer or two fewer and, and drew two more. Um, so, if it was a period of transition, we are transitioning, but we haven't really improved, but we haven't got any worse in terms of results. People obviously feel we've got a lot worse in terms of the, the football that's being played. So for next season, bearing in mind the Champions League will be that bit harder in terms of compete levels. Um, have we got the squads to even repeat what we've done this year in terms of performance I, I don't know um, I'd say that if he stays you'd say it's his second season you've got to see some sort of improvement and that would mean improvement in terms of results as well um, I agree that Arsenal Arsenal scored actually similar amounts of goals to last year and let in similar amounts of goals um, but ended up with what, about six or seven more points than last season. So it, the, the the statistics are a bit strange. I Personally, I'm not sure that Sarri can, can pull this off. I, I wonder if, if his style of football is not suited to the Premiership um, or is he going to make some sort of major adjustment I think Klopp and Guardiola struggled for a season or two and obviously made adjustments. He's got to make those adjustments or we're not going to go anywhere. That's if he stays. Um, And as everyone said before, they have to look at the squad. We desperately need 
a centre-forward. It doesn't matter who's the manager. They have to have a centre-forward that can do something mm. to enhance the system that's being played, yeah. you know, or just actually score goals one way or the other. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, desperately I'm, short of a centre-forward. We are I'm completely in favour of, of bringing Tammy Abrams back. And the reason I say that is because uh, not one person has given me one shred of evidence that he would not be good enough. He scores goals wherever he goes, and all I get from people is, yeah, but he's only doing that for Aston Villa, he's only doing it for Swansea. And I'm like, well, what else, mm. where else can he fucking do it? That's where he's on he, he's, he did struggle at Swansea, I think, but that was in but the he, season. Got, they were going injured. down, they yeah. were getting relegated. Yeah. And, and he did get injured. They changed manager a few times as well yeah. with us at Swansea. Yeah. I mean, on Abraham last night, the guy showed balls of steel to yeah. hit that penalty to win that playoff tie. Exactly. And the thing is, if he go, if they do win the playoff, they're likely going to want to keep him when they go up mm. so yeah, yeah. I just then, I, then, you know in, 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 a, in an age when there's a complete um, you know that where there aren't that many great strikers out there for us to go and get and we could be on a transfer ban we absolutely have nothing to lose by yeah. putting him in and ditching Higuain back to wherever he came from and saying listen son this is your chance I, I genuinely you know I, will, I cannot see one not one person they, all they do is sit there on the side and go he's not good enough for us because he's only done it at this level well you know that's all he's had the chance to do and he's doing it so why the hell not and whatever happened to big clubs we, we used to go and buy players from, from from lower league clubs or whatever bring them in and they would be de- developed and coached into being good players you didn't always go out you know back in the 70s and 80s you weren't going out and buying superstars because that, that that market didn't exist so you know I'm I'm very much sort of like well you're going to sit there and go on about it we've got a striker out there we've got a striker bring mm. him back let's see, how he, let's see how he does alongside um uh, uh, Giroud for another season to oversee him because I think Giroud does bring more to the team than um, than Higuain in the fact that A, Giroud will defend and B, he does hassle defenders and they don't like playing against him. Clayton, I want to bring you in. Um, the, people, on... the people's choice appears to be Jovic, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Everyone, we're, we're, we're well, That's all we're going to hear about for the rest of the summer yeah. is how we've got to get him in or the whole yeah. world will end. Exactly, but we're on a ban. So until that ban's lifted, it's an absolutely moot point, isn't it? We're, we are, mm. We can go to the uh, the CAS or whatever it is, the Council of Arbitration for Sport. It will only be stayed, I reckon. We'll yeah. serve a ban. And quite, frank, quite frankly, for what was alleged, which is basically child trafficking, they fucking yeah. well should serve a ban. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know. So. Um, Clayton, Sarri ball. Um, uh, can it ever work in the Premier League? And should we, or you know, and should we be emulating Napoli or you know shipping their players over in the hope that it does? Or should we just say, do you know what? We don't need it because we are the most successful club in England since 2004. We never needed Sarri ball before. We are good at what we do, which is in some cases shit out and games out. Um, uh, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, without incurring the wrath of the dear listener um i didn't watch napoli last year so yes, i haven't got i haven't got a fucking i haven't got a fucking clue what sarri ball is alcoholic you yeah i don't i i hear this all the time what on earth does that mean it's a scottish insult and i don't want to waste the listener's time explaining it it's just stupid yeah. okay yeah. um all right moving swiftly on um i haven't got a clue mate because that there has been nothing that I've seen this season which I understand what Sarri Ball is. It's basically, um, all I know is that the most dreadful, awful football that I've seen 
It's slow. It's ponderous. It's just bonkers. Now there were, I mean, just going back to last Thursday, the Eintracht Frankfurt game. The first half we played okay. The second half we were abysmal. We were trying to win the game, and Eden Hazard took a free kick on the halfway line, and he passed it back to the goalkeeper. Now, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a question of pumping it up. It was a question of we had to go forward. I think that whatever he's trying to do, the players are trying their best. The only thing I would say about Sarian and and the players in general is that there's been a couple of times this season where we have really duked it out and we have actually come up with the goods. And the prime example was last Thursday. How the hell we won that? I've got no idea because we didn't deserve to win it. Both teams were awful. It was yeah. it was a staggering. We didn't, we didn't actually. I mean, the, the the bottom line is we didn't deserve to lose either, but we certainly didn't do anything to win it. Um, and then you know when we played Spurs in the semi final of the League Cup, again we played really really well in that game, and we're unlucky that we didn't win it in in the sort of in the normal time. Now, part of the thing that I don't actually understand is that. Sarri, I don't know what Sarri ball is. It's just, if it's the sort of quick passing and what have you, then we haven't got the players and we're not doing it. And if it, this this whole thing about Jorginho, who I think has been much maligned because I actually think he's a quite a decent player. But the point is with Jorginho is the fact that it didn't matter how badly he was playing and he had a huge dip in form and he just kept picking him. And that's where fans get pissed off. And that's where I get pissed off. There was no way that he should have continued to pick him, but he did. You know, he came in, Sarri, and I've gone completely off your point, but he came in <laughs> and he basically said that he wasn't interested in the transfer market because he he liked to develop players. Well, I'm sorry, but I cannot in all good consciousness understand why, and I've said this on, on other podcasts, so I apologise if anybody's listened to this before. That's all right. However bad Danny Drinkwater is, and he's not, why not try and coach him to be that extra midfielder? They say he can't play in a two or he can't play in that form, but he's a coach. So ultimately, I haven't got a clue what Sarri Ball is. All Mm. I know is I've been watching this team for nigh on X number of years. This season, I've watched them and they've been bad. And they've been bad because I haven't had a fucking clue what they're supposed to be doing. I haven't understood how we can play really, really well for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe even 45 minutes. But we cannot play for 90 minutes. Now, I'm not saying that we have to dominate a game for 90 minutes, but we have to play, you know, other teams play well for 90 minutes. We can't seem to do that. I just don't understand it. I don't know if the players don't understand. It's just none of it makes a huge on, on the coaching On the coaching point, Clayton, uh, Bar- both Barkley and I think Loftus-Cheek have both said that they've felt their game has improved under him. I mean, drink water, I do find that strange, but then having seen what happened to him this week, perhaps there were underlying issues which meant that, you know, his... You know his performance in training and his general 
you know, whatever it is they measure wasn't wasn't up to snuff. Um, well, I mean that, yeah, but it, but 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 it could be the other way around, mate. The fact that he's been sitting on his ass for nine months, bored out of his fucking brains, that he goes out and has a drink. So, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that we don't know. No, and, of course we don't. Of course we don't. What we all, all, I, all so, I hear from people who know about these things yeah. is he's a really, really popular member of the squad. Yeah. 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 Well, so, you know, why would Sarri not use him if 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 he thought because he's an awesome shit <laughs> yeah but, and, then, and I, then, but then people like Loftus Cheek and Barkley have said that they felt they've improved under well, him so you, what you, is it that they're doing that, that drink water wasn't yeah That's I mean what, this is so, the thing is it, this is and, and I think a lot of it uh, a lot a lot there was a lot of light shed on the Sarri player relationship with Gary Cahill's interview which and I've had I've had a couple of you know, rows on Twitter uh, and on the fan cast last week, a mid-fan cast with someone who was in the Mixler room who was saying, you know, it was bad timing, Cahill should have kept his mouth shut. And I said, well, he's kept his mouth shut all season. He's on his way out. He was given a cursory one minute at the end of the Watford game, okay, at home, okay. He wasn't even considered um, as a centre-back against Frankfurt, was he? You know, he wasn't even considered for that no. game. I think, didn't he take off when Christensen came off? He put Azpilicueta in the middle and bought Zappacosta. Yeah, he moved Zappacosta. Yeah, exactly that. He moved. Yeah, moved. right. But, but, so but Sarri's not this the is first a coach to do that to players, No, no, but, he? He, he, you know, he's, he, if he, he's hardly in a, in a squad full of riches. You, you, any manager for me, any manager in any business worth their salt would say to somebody, listen, um, you know, you've got a limited future, but I really value your experience, and I really want to use that. You know, until we can find where your next position is. Yeah, that's how it works in most industries. The industry but, I work in, or whatever. But, but maybe, maybe Tony, maybe he's trying to buy in and to to the Chelsea, you know, to the Chelsea way of doing things, the Chelsea mythology. Aren't, aren't Chelsea the club that have played Paulo Ferreira at centre back? You know, in in key games, and who was the other Portuguese guy? Only one. Well, so who's played the single one? Yeah, we, we did. We uh, lost to Sunderland yeah. that day. Jeffrey and, Bruma. Yes, and, we and did. Basingua. Basingua yeah. has played. We, we've, we're steeped. It's it's almost legendary with Chelsea. <laughs> right, right backs are queuing up to come to this club because they know that if they come to this club, they'll get their chance at centre back. Centre back, yeah. So uh, yeah. maybe you could argue that yeah. Sarri was doing his best to sort of, you know, follow the Chelsea but, way, no. which is. You know, don't use a centre back. Yeah. Chuck your right back in. See, I think that the oddity for me is is this whole thing that you've got. Um, you've you've got this huge divide of people who who have you know frequently said, "Didn't you watch Napoli last season?" Of course, the answer for most of us is, "No, we fucking didn't," because we're Chelsea fans. Why would we? You know, mm. why would watch a team that came second in the Italian league? They didn't win anything. Um, you know, why would why would our attention be deflected over there? And I think there's a little bit of a. It's almost like a kind of the next best thing. There's a lot, there's a lot of people in Liverpool who spent the whole season watching the team come second. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah, let's be fair. I'm not often fair to them, but when you finish on 97 points, you would, ordinarily, you would expect that to be, uh, you know, a, a fairly comprehensive title-winning season. It's been very different this year. But I, I'm not sort of, you know, I, I'm. I gave Sarri, so I didn't want him in. I was perfectly happy with Antonio Conte. I just think he should have been supported more. And for me, they brought in, you know, uh, it, I, I, Chidge did it on fan cards the other week, when you list the trophies um, that each of our players has got, 
in the last you know few years or whatever. There's two World Cup winners in there. Um, you know, we've got Champions League winners in there. We've got all sorts in there. And then you get a manager in who's won nothing, who's basically perhaps not doing the cluff thing of saying you can chuck all your bloody pots and pans, your medals and your, your your cups and in the bin with the rest of your pots and pans because you've done it the wrong way. We know that didn't work for for Clough at Leeds. Um, but, mm. you know, it, it must be very difficult for a player to sit there and be told, like, you know, what do you mean? You know, I, I've been mm. in this squad for, for years and we've won this, this and this. You know, this is, this is mm. not... Um, this is not a serial failing team. What we do have a tendency to do is have a really, really good season followed by a bit of a trough season. You know, we, we haven't really, mm. apart from uh, potentially uh, Mourinho's back-to-back years and the fact that we got second under Carlo in the year after the double. Um, but, you know, we have, we have had these on-off boom-bust, if you like, almost. Who, who, do you, who do you think they could have got in if they didn't go after Sarri? The uh, well, the the the, the big rumour, and again, I can only stress it as a rumour, was that the the one that interviewed very well was Laurent Blanc, um, and that they were quite keen on him, or one or two factions were keen on him, uh, because he had that kind of more professorial uh, air about him, you know, that kind of learned, mm. um, uh, yeah, and was prepared to work within the framework of the players that mm. you know that but, were there. But he would have he would have been coming with, as we say in French, in French. Le bagage, wouldn't yes, he? yeah, you know, they're, you they're, know. We, we, we would have been some of it quite serious as yeah, well. We, we have, we've, he'd said, le, yeah. le bagage sérieux, as we uh, say in French. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, you know, but, you know, I, I, I always think, you know, we, we, you, how long do you hang someone out to dry? Is the, the, as Ricky Gervais says, what's the tra- point in trying to be a better person if you're going to be able to account for something you said five years ago? You know, you, you people try and move on, things change, you know, opinions and views change, and, and sometimes it's done out of ignorance or ill education. But, you know, there, we, we have used pretty much all the good managers out there. Um, if it hadn't been Sarri, I would have been perfectly happy for them to have gone to Conte. We got it wrong. You were right. Yeah, that, that was never going to happen, though. Conte was dead in the water from halfway through last season, and we yeah. all knew it. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you've got to be realistic. And, and, and yeah, you know, and yet, and yet, you you know, it has the club divorced itself from the fans so much that they don't know that the, the fans are far, possibly, I think, in my view, and all the people I know, far more disaffected with this season and what they've been served up as football and entertainment uh, than they were last season. That, and that's, you know, I don't. Think yeah, they are massively divorced from the fans, and their yeah. actions all season have proven that. Yeah. So that, that's not, you know. I think I think I'd struggle to, to. I think I'd struggle to choose a time in in the last ten or whatever years where I've ever felt the club loved you has ever has ever listened or taken account of the fans in terms of of um of their preferences for either one players, two coaches. Yeah. They just don't. Well, I'm not talking about I'm not talking so much about players or coaches, but just general attitude in the way they conduct their business. I mean. Even silly things like the website being completely fucking unusable and trying to buy tickets. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not good. Things like, it's just little things like that. And yeah. now you've got the the expense of, of those who are going to Baku and renewing their season tickets, and the club Nine, couldn't. Yeah. The, the other thing. £979, was it, for, that's, for, that's, for a, a, day, a day away? Well, yeah, it, a fucking, it's a day trip. Yeah, yeah. I can spend £979, go west rather than east, go somewhere I actually want to be, and save money. It's. Mm outrageous can i can i recommend 400 quid return to tbilisi and uh, the uh 
I believe it's the you get the night train from Tbilisi to Baku. Yeah. Yes, you, it's you do. Eight, 80, 85 of your uh, Georgian, whatever it is. Yeah. I watched Race Across the World as well, and uh, I found that quite intriguing now they can do that sort of thing. I'm going to move on now. I think we've probably done the, the Sarri thing. I want to talk about uh, the future with or without Eden Hazard. Clayton. Uh, horrible. Horrible thought. Um is irreplaceable um something might happen there may be a, a different dimension to the way we play um the sorry my son's just interrupting me um one thing that is well, quite interesting about him leaving <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that is quite interesting is the fact that if he does leave whether if Sarri is in charge, the way we play may change. Uh, because the one thing, even though I said I don't know what Sarri ball is, uh, the one thing that is obvious is that um, Eden doesn't play it and he he plays how he wants to play. Now, nine times out of ten, that's a good thing. Um, but I'm just clutching at straws to find anything positive with him going. I think it's absolutely awful. The club is basically negligent for not building a team around him in the yep. last couple of years yeah, yeah, and um, you know if he's looking for ambition um, yeah he ain't going to find it because you know he'll look um, and, and not see what he wants to see you know we the, the sort of the marquee signings and what have you he comes out and says I love playing with Giroud Um and so they don't play him as Giroud. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a great shame. It's, it's a great shame he's leaving. I don't basically hold him any ill will. Seven fantastic years. Um, I mean, if he finishes off with a another trophy, that would be brilliant. Um, I think ultimately he would have liked the to have won the Champions League with us, but uh, that wasn't going to happen. So no, I'm, you know, it's it's a very sad day. Um, I do actually think that um, we're getting a very decent player in in Pulisic. Um, Thanks God, someone else agrees with me. You know, uh, I I think that we're going to get the normal social media and all the rest of the crap about he's not this, that, and the other. But I do actually think he's a yeah. he's a really good player. I think, um, I, I, so yeah, go on. Yeah, I was I'm, I was fairly vocal in the fact that you know from 1970. Till now, I, I put Hazard at the very top of the players I've seen, and I include, you know, Charlie Cook, Pat Nevin, Gianfranco Zola, and all them greats in it. Simply because no one um, has excited me on the pitch like he has. You know, the the, the West Ham goal a couple of weeks ago, uh, the goal against Arsenal, the one against Manchester City in Conte's season-winning year, um, that just the sheer uh, balls of the player, the the fact that he petrifies. Defenders uh, will have nightmares for years, um, so I agree with you on the fact that we 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 should have built it around him. I think it was an interesting point you made there, Clayton, and I'll bring Martin and and, and Donal in a second. But um, you know, when if if you're talking about ambition, uh, then you have to say that Real Madrid are ruthless in their ambition. You know, if they fail, they will go and do whatever it takes to reach their targets and get themselves back again. You know, absolutely ruthless. Breaking the bank, dodgy funding, whatever it takes, Real Madrid will do it. We won't. 
Um, and I think for any player, the pull, uh, yeah, I think the pull of Real Madrid far outweighs, for example, the pull of Manchester United now. Um, or, or any of those, if you like, marquee clubs. Uh, and I think that it's, it was, it's an inevitable, especially with his, his, you know, his own hero Zidane in charge, you know, and potentially the fact that we missed out on, you know, sticking a wadge of money under Zidane's nose and saying, build something around Hazard, which we, you know, we either weren't interested in doing or we couldn't afford to do. I don't know. But Donal Martin, your views on Eden Hazard and the, the fact that we are unlikely to see him at Stamford Bridge again. Been kind of resigned to it for a while, but um, definitely when he that, when he walked away at um, Leicester on Sunday, it looked very much like a goodbye and a farewell. So I think if enough heads get banged together, the deal will get done. But um, yeah, uh, the contrast to another Belgian who left Chelsea for Real Madrid <laughs> is quite <laughs> marked, isn't it? It is very um, much there, so. Yes, yeah. there is. There are clearly right ways to do, to achieve the same goal, so perhaps um, Thibaut should have taken notice. Yeah. Um, yeah, we will miss him, and I agree with every other sentiment I've heard on here and elsewhere that, in a way, the club did fail him because they could have built a dynasty around him. I still maintain we've got we have got his best years at as he's 28 now. I would have liked to have seen a couple more in a Chelsea shirt, but so be it. Real Madrid's a bit of a shit show as well at the moment. Yeah, so he's indeed. not walking in with everything rosy, and he has a unfortunately what for as many he the good far outweighs the bad with him. But his occasional dips in form, and I mean looking knackered when he came on as a substitute last Thursday was a bit of a shock. They will probably be a lot less indulgent of it in the in the stands at the Bernabeu than they would have been at Stamford Bridge. But I'll miss the tubby genius. Tubby, I wish I could have tubby. Yeah, I wish, so do I, but, you know. <laughs> Don't it's, like, it's like years ago, I wanted to be as fat as Frank, Frank Lampard. <laughs> um, my, my, I think the only thing worse than um, Hazard leaving or having pretty much left would be him still being here next season. And I say that because if he, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because if he wants to go, this is this is Doctor Strange in his full flow here. This one, <laughs> if if Eden Hazard wants to leave, and has made up his mind to leave, and we dig in over a hundred million, and Real Madrid don't want to pay it, and the deal ends up going west, bearing in mind he's only then got one more year on his contract, if I'm correct. There's only one thing worse than him going, and that's him being here, having wanted to go. Right. You know, to, because next season, you know, what are we going to get from him next season? If one, he doesn't fit into, if Sarri's here and he doesn't fit into the Sarri thing, he dribbles the ball too much, etc., etc. You know, God, I heard and, someone and, say that on social media on Monday, and I wanted to. I, I don't normally get angry individual tweets but this one was just so stupid it was almost cult-like in its nonsense about it literally yeah. dribbling the ball too long and not fitting Sarri ball just yeah. fuck I don't off. I don't I don't know if Sarri's really ever said half the things that he's been credited with now this is a this uh, is a random Twitter account it wasn't yeah. Sarri himself no, but I think someone I've seen people quoting as though Sarri has said it but I don't I don't no, know I don't think so but, I, don't think but said that. I, I think you know the one thing you don't want is to have a player of his talent with the things he's done at Chelsea, then moping around for a season, waiting for his contract to run down. I think that would be 
that would be even worse than him having gone to Real Madrid. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. Yeah, I, I find that difficult to watch because yeah. you'd be worried about him trying to play within himself to minimise getting injured or something like that. Yeah, and, and just just not being up for it anymore because you know they've 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 not you know he's he in his mind he would have done his years of service and if if they hold out for too much money and he doesn't get the deal he's not going to be you know I'd rather a, a happier Hazard somewhere else than. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not everybody, not everybody universally thinks. I mean, I, you know, we all know there's various people that we follow on. Sid Celery, who, <laughs> who thinks yeah. he's useless. I, I, um, you know, I wouldn't name any names at all. <laughs> too late. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. But you're right. He, he does think he's useless, and I, I couldn't be further from that point of view. Well, well I respectfully disagree. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I very much enjoy watching him. He's by no means perfect, and I don't demand that he has to be the next Messi. You know, I, he does what he does, and I enjoy it watching yeah. him. And you know, he has his bad days, he has his good days, like every other footballer that's ever lived and is likely to live in the future. Um, but yeah, I'd be very sad to see him go. But as I say, if he wants to go, and you know, it's about getting a deal done. I hope they get the deal done because I don't want him here next year. Not wanting to play. You know, I would say that Griezmann moving to Barcelona for more than 100 million, you can guarantee that Marina has just taken note of that and yeah. maybe, maybe changed the figures a little bit. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, I'm going to move on now as we head into the, 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 the sort of latter part of the episode. Um, uh, I just want to talk about, basically, uh, I, from each of you, um, uh, I've got two questions. Should As be the, cap- As P be the captain? Um, and your highlights and lowlights of the season. Uh, and it, and it's that simple. Um, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, the transfer ban, maybe touch on that. Um, but, you know, when we talk about highlights and lowlights, you can in- include any breakthroughs um, that you see uh, or any breakdowns that you've seen. Um, I couldn't think of another word that was the opposite of breakthrough players. I was thinking, well, those that are broken down that aren't any good anymore, I don't know. So, um, yeah, uh, I've got this thing that um, I don't... Th- I like as 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 Pelicueta. I like him as a as a, as a defender, but I don't like him as a captain. I think he's um, a, a poor example of of you know when you you're always going to be up against what Cahill was and what JT was, and if you go back to what Dennis Wise was, um, and I I don't think a Mister Nice Guy works. So uh, I'll, 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 I'll I don't think I, he certainly won't be like Dennis Wise because I don't think you could actually fit him in an overhead locker. <laughs> I may be wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll go and have a look at that. Yeah. Come back. Well, I actually discovered something interesting about Eden Hazard. It, uh, yeah, my, uh, my inside leg is 29 inches. His is 27. There you go. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not exactly auditioning for the Harlem Globetrotters, am I? Now, Sorry, can you can you run that one by me again? Yeah, so he's actually an inch taller than me, but yes. his inside leg measurement is apparently 27 inches as opposed to mine, which is 29. So he's a short ass with a long body. And you know, there's another very famous Belgian, and one of the reasons he was so good at what he does, you could probably argue that this Belgian has shorter legs, and therefore that has something to do with his you balance. you come out with Tintin's dog here. And, and <laughs> one of the reasons, supposedly, apart from probably you know enhancing his performance, one of the reasons apparently Eddie Merckx ah. was so good 
was, and this is probably complete myth, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because it's just that we're talking bollocks. Why not? Um, <laughs> is that he had for his height and his leg length, he had slightly longer thighs than would be standard, and that that had something to do with able to you know generate more pedaling power, etc. Yeah. So there's something about the Belgians in that they they obviously have some sort of breeding program where they. They breed people with the right sort of legs to do certain yes, things. I mentioned the correct legs, yes. Yeah, I mean, the Russians are always doping, but the Belgians are, are, are breeding correct leg lengths for, for sports. We, yeah. we, need to, we need to keep an eye on them. Indeed, There's a documentary in there somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to... Gonna... Mason Mount has just put Derby 2-1 up, yes, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Well, yeah. mm. um, but, but, you know, a bit of me rather wants to see Leeds... Yeah, I, I, I hanker to see Leeds uh, at Stamford Bridge again and play dirty Leeds, I really do. It's just a long-term memory because they are the team I remember loathing the most in 1970. Um, and uh, you're, you're way too young for that, Martin, but you know, Clayton and possibly Donal will remember um, that I that didn't was, like them much in the 90s either. That was some rivalry back in the 70s, I'll tell you that now. That really was. Um Okay, Aspi, captain, or and my choice would be um, Antonio Rudiger. So let's st- let's kick off with that before we go into highlights, lowlights, breakthroughs, breakdowns. Uh, over to you, Clayton. I th- I think the, I think the problem is that we haven't it, it, we haven't got any leaders on the pitch. I mean, just hankering back to last Thursday, we were wandering around like lost sheep. It really was a bit of a shambles. Um, I think that. Asby probably has a respect to the squad. I think that's why he's captain. I don't think he's a leader on the pitch, but I think he's a leader in the dressing room. I think that's why he's captain. Um, I think he cares. Um, I, I don't know what, what difference, what tangible difference it would make to have somebody else as a captain. Um, part of me didn't actually understand if we were trying to keep Eden Hazard at the club, why they hadn't actually made him captain at the beginning of the season, um, which would have made perfect sense. He captained his country to a World Cup semi-final. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm sort of not really that fussed, to be honest. Sorry. Agno- ag- agnostic is a good word to throw in. Yeah. You're agnostic. Okay. I, I don't know whether he should be captain. Where was signed him from? So, some Napoli. Did you not oh. see Napoli last? <laughs> no, clearly not. Oh, what so, that? I, I, I get Cloud, a feeling. Claudio Agnostic. Yeah, I, I actually get the. I get the impression. I, I know what Nick might be titling this particular episode. Did you not yeah. watch Napoli last season? Uh, Martin, your thoughts on captaincy? Uh, well, I've always I've been of the opinion that you should not need an armband to demonstrate leadership on a football pitch. If you're naturally able to do it, you do it. And as far as I'm concerned, the Nominal captain is the one who, you know, shakes hands, points the mascots in the right direction and <laughs> talks yeah. to the referee first. So, as Clayton said, as Pilaquetta, I think, is the longest tenured player there after Cahill, because with him obviously being thro- frozen out, it yep. falls to him. Um, so, I don't really have an opinion on who should be the next captain, but I do have an opinion that perhaps at some point, as Pilaquetta may drop out of the first team. When that happens, I don't know. But either way, whoever the captain is, can they actually have a fucking page in the programme 
because all season yes. there's been no captain's column and no. I don't normally notice things like that but it just because at the start of the season they were mucking around with you know we haven't named the captain and then he did name him but he still didn't have there was no yeah. column so yeah. I, thought, I thought that was well he named weird. him and then didn't play him and so well, you, had this, yeah. you had this kind of on pitch captain and this 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 you know, somewhat you know ethereal idea of a club captain that never yeah. ever plays well John um, Terry was that in his last season he never played but he still no. had the page yes so I don't see why that didn't happen this yeah, season yeah, yeah. but if, uh, if it is to go to anyone as an outside shout David Lewis seems to be the only one who shows any type of charisma on the pitch. Yeah. And, uh, he's real marmite as well, isn't he, as well? I mean, yeah, I, I love him, yeah. but, you know, as, as many people like me who love him and, and are prepared to oversee, he, he doesn't make any more errors than any other defender. Uh, it's, this is just a, a myth, uh, a, a Twitter-generated myth, you know, that he, even when the bloke is, is injured and not playing, it's, oh, well, like, you know, Louis. Louise's fault or whatever it's, it's, he's, he's fallen into the category of boo boy like Mikel did and, he, he played um, one game he played one game where he was at fault for a lot of the goals and it was obvious he was concussed and he should have been taken yes. off the pitch that yeah. was the, the Bournemouth away game yeah but and then against Eintracht Frankfurt he makes a, you know, two absolute certain goal stopping you know stops with uh, a rick in between and he yeah. had a yeah. he had a close Having one left the two yeah. yeah yeah but you know I, I, and I, I pay to be sort of you know, entertained and and you know, I think um, I don't. I, I honestly, I, I will stick by it. I don't think there's many better than him. I don't think there's there's an awful lot that are worse. And um, uh, the only one I've seen that I I, I kind of like the look of, and that was simply based on the performance uh, against us. Was is it? I want to keep saying Bertie Me. That isn't his name, but his surname is definitely Me, and he plays for ben Burnley. Oh, ben right. Me. He 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 looked proper nails. He did. Um, he looked like he had every attribute going. Uh, you know, to to maybe not start as come in as a captain, but certainly to to fit into to our. If you go back to the older, more combative Chelsea um, from Mourinho onwards, um, you know he seemed to have everything. Um, it might have just been a one-off game. I remember seeing Chris Sutton play against us once for Blackburn and thinking, "Blimey, he's over us like a rash. Go get him!" And when he turned up, um, he he was he was. He wasn't anything like a rash. He was, he was shit. He was shit. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Um, so, we, we, okay, what about highlights and lowlights and breakthroughs and breakdowns? So I, I will kick this off. My uh, highlights of this season, I think, um, one was I was in Berlin when we beat Manchester City rather unexpectedly when I think we all thought we were going to get our asses kicked good and proper. Uh, I think that was one. And I think one absolute moment of magic which uh you know absolutely paid for my season ticket um uh, and was a uh, a faster uh, even trickier repeat than than the Arsenal one uh, when Eden Hazard scored that goal against Arsenal you sort of saw it happening you thought oh he's got the ball surely you know and you, in your mind you're going no, he can't he can't what what, what? hold on will he will he? yeah boom um, and then you get that goal against West Ham which didn't even give you the chance to think that it was like bang 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 Fucking hell! He's, what what was that? I just saw, um, and I think for me, uh, absolute highlight of the season, and one of those where had I been wearing a cap, it would have been doffed in his direction. That could have been a point where uh, a cartoonist could have drawn me walking out of the stadium, going, "I oh, thank you, Eden," and into the distance. So that for me, the low light. This is a real tough one because we've had, we've been dismal, um, and but I am going to pick out three games: Everton where we were utterly, utterly, utterly abysmal, having had a, a reasonable first half and then a collapse of... Uh, uh, one of you said it earlier on, but it just didn't look like they knew each other. 
I think it might be new Clayton. The the players just came on almost as if they were strangers. Um, and then you've got uh, a 4-0 a, a away defeat at Bournemouth where Eddie Howe more or less came out after the game and said, yeah, we thought we'd let them bugger about with a full ball at 45 minutes and then once, once we'd worked that out, we'd hit them uh, and scored four goals. And then uh, being 4-0 down after, what was it, 21 minutes against Manchester City? Those are things that are... You know, when you look at the statistics and you go third place, Europa League, and then you come up with those three things in there and you think, oh, that, you know, whatever Conte did, none of it was ever that bad. Losing 1-0 to Manchester City without laying a glove on them is not as bad as getting your asses absolutely kicked by being utterly outclassed, outplayed and outthought and done 6-0 at their place though so, there you go there's my highlights and lowlights over to you and I'll start with you Clayton okay so highlights uh, I agree with the Man City um, game I thought we were excellent um, Tottenham at home in the semi-final oh, I mean always shit. beating them yeah um, and, and the Premier League a, game as well of course yeah and the a... Premier League game um, one of my other highlights this year and it won't surprise you is the emergence of Kepa as a potentially potentially excellent goalkeeper I think he's got a ways to go uh, and obviously there was the rather unfortunate incident during the League <laughs> Cup final I'd forgotten all about that yeah it's crikey yeah, um, <laughs> but I didn't find that particular low light of us because I was in a plane at the time sound like a globe on Alan Wicker one for the kids um, <laughs> But so that, um, again, as you know, without sort of cribbing off you watching Eden Hazard play, it's just a privilege um, and has been fantastic. And he's done some amazing things. Low lights, um, just, I, I mean, the sort of it's a culmination of uh of basically lackluster performances clueless performances um and this is not sorry bashing because well it has been but the fact that um it just appeared impossible for any change to take place during games to to sort of change things around I, I just it's a real low light that we didn't seem to be able to do anything in in games where we were losing we didn't seem to be able to to do anything we've only come from behind twice both against Cardiff and even one of those was due to the incompetence of a linesman um breakthrough well Kepper I've mentioned obviously it was lovely to see Hudson Adoy but obviously the Ruben Loftus-Cheek the fact that yeah. he is now recognised as you know what he is and can be yeah. I think he hasn't helped himself in, in sort of various games that he played in he seemed to disappear and what have you but this year he's really influenced things um, it's it's been a it's been a very strange season um, but you know there, there has been some good stuff but boy there's been some shite <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Uh, I just want to, uh, I'm going to throw this because I did, you know, breakthroughs and uh, uh, in particular breakdowns. I think we've, like you said, we've probably seen the last of Danny Drinkwater and um, possibly 
uh, for me, I've been quite disappointed with William. I'm not going to get on his back because he's been so good for us in the past. I would say this, that two of our breakthrough players, which is Rubens Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi, and I saw your your Twitter debate with Dean Mears earlier on, Clayton, where Dean's trying to make out it was, that was all down to Sarri, which I completely dispute. I would say that... No, uh, I mean, Sarri, Sarri is the first manager since AVB who's not given an academy player a yeah, debut. Yeah, but I, I, I'm actually going to say that I think in terms of um, you know, getting their names in lights. Gareth Southgate played a bigger part than than Sarri. Uh, he chanced Rubens Loftus-Cheek in the World Cup uh, last year, gave him some great, and when he came on, he impressed. Um, and you know, he played Callum Hudson-Odoi in a full England debut before he'd had his Chelsea debut. That put pressure on Sarri, and I, I don't think anybody should be kidding themselves that that was Sarri's brainwave to suddenly decide that Callum Hudson-Odoi was good enough. He's either had internal pressure or he's finally reacted to the fact that everybody was going he's good enough for England, he's good enough for us. Yeah, and I, I yeah. just think for him to if not that he has, but if he did claim any credit for Hudson-Odoi's uh, breakthrough season, he's been very, very disingenuous. Um, over to you, Martin. Um, yeah, I think Roy Hodgson did more for uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek's yes, career yeah, as well during his spell at Palace. Yeah, I think Sarri eventually showed a modicum of emotional intelligence and realised, oh, I think it was probably after the Cardiff debacle, that if you know it's an easy PR win, just play him. And if he did tell him to stop playing within himself and to just drive forward when he gets the ball, then that's good as well because we're seeing the best of him when he gets the ball, shakes a player off, and drives the ball forward rather than being in static passing patterns. So it's been heartening to see towards the back end of the season. And the, the only thing is, the um, it is disappointing that Hudson Odoi has injured himself, and hopefully it's not too um, damaging to his career. I know surgery is a bit better these days, but hopefully he comes mm, back the yeah. full to you know a hundred percent or as I, close I, to. Yeah. I think he's young enough. I think that he's got that yeah. on his side. Um, I think had he been in mid twenties then, an Achilles injury it is an Achilles injury, isn't it? I think. Yeah, um, I think Achilles tendon is, or something. Is, yeah. is, is you know far more. Uh, uh, with those sort of injuries like ACLs, I always think it, it's it's the mental more than the physical. You know, the minute that person gets a twinge, where yeah. that injury happened before. Uh, these are the minute they start to, you know, start to play within themselves. And I think, you know, there's yep. a well-documented interview, which is quite a revealing one with Michael Owen, who said that after his ACL injury, he's, he, he actually hid in games uh, because of it yep. or whatever. But yeah, it's an interesting point. Thanks, Martin. Yeah, and Rudiger, that's my concern that he's had that same injury. Yeah. But with his knee, he's had a knee injury previously. We were yeah. due to sign him and he got injured and they came back in afterwards yeah. and he's done it again. I think he's had a cracking season, Rudiger. I think he's, he's been... He's been I, good. When he's been good, he's been really good. But there have been times when he, he too has looked a little bit dozy and we've had he's been in those back falls that have fallen asleep in the second half. But yeah, he, I I am a fan and maybe it's just the been a bit more de- demonstrative and yeah. get, getting involved in fights on the touch yes. which I really like, like that we, we can all yeah. identify we can all identify with that a bit in- indeed indeed um, yeah. Donald so, oh sorry sorry Martin no, I just realised I hadn't answered the question you asked me yeah. so I do apologise um, highlights I think that there were some games in the start of the season some of the away games ones at Southampton and Burnley spring to mind where the performances were 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 quite heartening, and you know we could see what 
we could see what he's trying to achieve, but the problem is when it went later on in the year, when it went wrong, he wouldn't bloody change it to yeah. <laughs> correct yeah. it. But um, yeah, some of those performances were, were were wonderful to watch, and you know, beating Spurs twice and that, and Man City when we were expecting to be lucky to get nil was. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> um, as for the low lights, I will just say I was on the divide between the home and away fans when we lost six nil at the Etihad, and so, so yeah, that's my low light. And so I'd make it worse. We decided to nip down for a pint at half time, and um, I ordered multiple pints so I didn't have to go back. <laughs> but the bastards kept kept the television on in the concourse, and it went on the blink. It went on the blink. We all started cheering, and then it went back on, and we started booing, possibly because of Man City were about to take a penalty. Blimey! I, yeah, yeah. I, I was, mean, I I I kind of get it, and I think that um, it's it's it is a difficult one, um, but I I just I can't countenance anything other than. You know that was a, an absolute humiliation. I think there was a lot of people that were reaching for their remote controls after 20 minutes, thinking, "Fuck it, I can find better." I'm surprised they lasted 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah, indeed. Two minutes was enough because we went one nil down. Yeah. That was another feature of the season. If we yeah. weren't a goal behind at any point, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like like those, I guess the good old days where if a team scored against you, even with half an hour left, you would probably look at under Mourinho and go, oh, you might have done that too early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, very, very different these days. Donald, what about you? Uh, so highlights, lowlights, breakthroughs, breakdowns? Um, well, I think my main highlights wouldn't be any different from what's gone before. Um, I suppose a personal highlight um, and they they won't know about it because they don't know who I am from Adam and I didn't know who they were. But I sat in front of a couple of blokes there during the uh, early part of the season who spent their whole game slagging off uh, Kepper and just sort of saying, what had he ever done for us? What had he done? You know, he's useless. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he had, you know, he'd had a couple of games where he'd made mistakes and stuff and they just giving it sort of hammer. Uh, so when Kepper closed his legs faster than a Catholic schoolgirl um, <laughs> against Eintracht Frankfurt. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And stop that, stop that shot. Um, I was just mentally turning around in my seat to those two Herberts, whoever they were, who were obviously perfectly entitled to their opinion. But, you know, you have to bear in mind when you're at football when you are sitting permanently behind someone for 90 minutes to keep on with the same shite you know on and on and on can become wearing on those around you and um you know i, I just metaphorically looked around and uh, gave him the finger uh, so that was a, a little highlight there because you know like clayton i've hopes that uh, he's going to mature into a, a decent goalkeeper um, well, I think actually I want to jump in there and say because the the uh, the save that he made from Troy Deeney uh, in the first half against Watford was world class. That was in everybody in the Matthew Harding upper and lower thought that was in. You know, yeah. everyone was getting ready to go. Oh, for fuck's sake! Like you know, we've we've conceded, and he got to that, and that mm. was a bullet header heading in. And you know, yeah. I'm a, I was amazed. I mean, I amazed. do have my theory as to what's going on. Um, obviously. 
and I hate to be deeply cynical and, you know, obviously this could get us into some sort of legal difficulties, but we're all, um, we're all familiar with the Operacion Puerto thing that went on some years ago where they found all these blood bags and, you know, oh, yes. cycling got it in the neck, but there were certainly tennis players, athletes and footballers equally doing it. And, you know, I, I think Kepa's form towards the end of the season has been a lot better than it was, say, mid or early season. He, he's made, he, he never made any massive howlers, but you know, there were those where you thought oh, he could have done better. Yeah. I wonder, you know, whether he's visited the same clinic as uh, David De Gea and somehow uh-huh. there's been a mix up in the blood bags <laughs> because <laughs> old David's form has gone right down the shitter. Uh-huh. At the yeah, same time yeah. that Kepa has, uh, yeah. has started to pull off the miraculous, that's probably actionable if it's ever heard by anybody. There's, there's, a, there's a comic strip film um, from years ago which starred Keith Allen, the marvellous Keith Allen, uh, as the Yob, and it was a piss take on the fly, uh, where instead of um, in the chamber at the time, he swaps this so this uh, hipster television producer yeah. chat that Keith Allen plays um, gets mixed up with a yob <laughs> it, yes. it, and, and I'm yeah. wondering I, you know, now, now we have a serious theory there or whatever, anyway yeah. sorry carry on um, yeah I mean I've, I've shared the same frustrations as everyone else you know things like the Bournemouth game the City, I don't know sometimes I think the City game was so bad that in the end I know you know Chelsea had this great record of not losing by more than half a goal for the last hundred years and things like that. But sometimes, you know, if you're going to blow it and you blow it big, then it, you know, it's just gone beyond the worry. I think things like maybe the Bournemouth game where you think really, or where you, you know, the Liverpool game where we, you know, it was two nil and, you sort of knew we weren't getting back and then we hit the post, uh, had it hit the post and then we had another one where, and you just, you're left there thinking, oh, you know what? Had we got a goal? Uh, they were the more depressing and frustrating ones. And I should mention there that I think that was the game that the Hudson Adoy thing, um, you know, if, if, if people are forgetting how young he is and, you know, where he's, what he's still got ahead of him. You know, that was the game that showed you that, you know, he's to, to put too much on his shoulders and expect miracles from him at his age against a good Liverpool team and some very good, you know, yeah. excellent fullbacks. He, yeah. he struggled to make an impact. Yeah. I think and, he was played on the wrong side in that game, personally. Maybe. I maybe, think, well, but, I remember he was, he was on the right hand side and Hazard was yeah. on the left and yeah. the left was Andy Robertson, who is mm. magnificent. And I think he would have been better going against mm. Alexander Arnold, who was a little yeah. bit more vulnerable but mm. but then in no, terms of seniority of you know <laughs> yeah Hazard's going to be allowed to play on his favoured side but yeah. and that's not a criticism of Hudson Doyle it's more of a sort of you know he's not he's not going to step up next and, season and be Edin Hazard no, you know he, no. he's got to be given time to develop and, and he can't I think play it, 50 games in a yeah. season you know that he, type he, of thing he's had a very a bright start and I've seen enough to think that he's going to be a very useful player but I, you know, I think when you when you say who's the next Eden Hazard you might as well be saying who's the next Messi we've been hearing it for years yeah. they yeah. oh here's the next Messi and they never do these players like him Ronaldo like Pele like Cruyff etc they come they come around once every five years um, 
uh, and if you get them you're very very lucky generational um, gonna, almost yeah, yeah generational um i'm gonna uh, head into the outro now folks i just wanted to say um uh, that it's been it's been intriguing tonight and, and it's it I, I enjoy this format where we, we we sort of go around the houses and we talk um you know bollocks or absolute common sense whichever way your perspective is mm-hmm. um you know uh, rather than sort of you know uh, by rope match reviews um i interesting point i actually like the fact that kepper stood there in the middle for that penalty by the way because i've been waiting years for a goalkeeper to fucking do that because um i think it was big sam allardyce or sam aladici as he once called himself uh who who said what you know sometimes you just think the keeper should stand there in the middle because one of these guys is going to blast it straight at me he's just going to catch it and go cheers um and it reminds me of the fact that you know he, sam allardyce another from the coaching of big sam was you know when you've got a 25 yard free kick outside the box or whatever why doesn't the opposing team the defending team just not have a wall just fucking leave a great big gap and say go on they might have a shot see what you can do from there we're not giving you a wall to bend it around um, and I'd like I would love to see it I'm, I'm, it's, dark, it's one of those dark things you, when uh, Clayton sits quite close to me in um, in Stamford Bridge and I, I can't remember where you are Martin but when you're behind the goal and the goalkeeper either your goalkeeper's got it or the other goalkeeper's got it and all of the players move to one side of the pitch or the other yeah because that's where the keeper's going to put it I often wonder why the keeper doesn't just stick it over the other side where there's nobody and say look the fastest one gets it it just I, I would maybe I'm just being contrarian I don't know um, parish notices uh, iTunes um, it, this will be available on iTunes in the next day or two Nick's pretty good at getting this one out pretty quickly um, you can go on there you can comment on it I think it will probably have some sort of language warning on it so you know if you yeah, I've are guaranteed that. if you are if you are listening to it whilst in the confessional box at your local Catholic church um, I don't fucking know why <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Uh, uh, Clayton uh, gets three Hail Marys um, as, as his penance for that one uh, and, and a glory be <laughs> uh, if you uh, we can also go to poddingshed.com just type it in on Google and it's there's a whole raft there's 96 no 97 other episodes in front of this um, and an alleged ghost episode you know we've done ourselves out of being closer to the century but um, you can go there you can listen to all of the episodes there it'd be interesting mm. actually I occasionally dip back in time just to have a listen and see how voices have aged uh, and views have and, and is it, it's right isn't it Tony that every for every episode that someone goes back and listens to we all get a thousand pounds we do correct? Yes, we, yes. We do. this is completely yeah. true and, and therefore we need people to go back and give us the retirement that we we richly yeah. deserve we make an enormous amount of money from yes, this we do. and we don't uh, want people to be in any doubt <laughs> indeed a uh, quick plug for the Chelsea supporters trust join the trust get your voice heard by the club um, I'm not telling you that they'll listen but they will certainly give you a chance to get your voice heard by the club by going through the various references it's a fiver to become a voting member you get a nice shine badge I got my one my replacement one from Chidge at the Watford game um, or you can just join as a free member but then you're a non-voting member but you still get to see all the good stuff and uh, uh, and complete things like surveys and uh, uh, and and, uh, and various other bits and pieces um, you can sign up it's um, you just go to www.chelseasupporterstrust.com um, and you can also follow them um, at Chelsea S Trust. There's a whole host of people that you probably all know, um, uh, not least of all uh, David Chidgey, Stanford Chidge as we know him, uh, Dan 
Silva, who was uh, due on tonight, but I think has had a, a complete memory fail. Uh, 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 but, um, you know, unlike Kweku, uh, at least Kweku came on, even if the transmission link to Thunderbird 5 did fail. Um, our next podding shed. Well, who the fuck knows? OK, um, we may well do one depending on the Europa League. Um, if there's a celebratory result to be had out of that, I'm inclined to say let's get together and have a chat about that. We will also know more by then. Uh, uh, at least a week after that, we will probably know um, whether it's uh, uh, another season of chanting um, uh, Maurizio, Maurizio, or you don't know what you're doing, um, and, or whether and whether we got a new manager, um, or what's going to happen. We might be able to put one off of that. Um, that would be episode 99. It would be very nice to start our pre-season or our first one the next season on episode number 100 um, I think that would be a proper milestone um, uh, for a, a bijou podcast that uh, basically can't be asked most of the time to even cast um, so we'll see uh, We'll see about that I want to say goodnight, goodnight first of all Clayton I know you've got to go, thank you very much for coming on and um, you know, uh, using your arrows to pierce the bubbles of pomposity and bullshit um, uh, around the ground and, and actually um, I think you know it's fair to say I agree with about 99.9% of everything you've said tonight so thank you very much Clayton you're very welcome it's an absolute pleasure to be on here I do apologise nope. to the listener if <laughs> they have any qualms about the fact that it was just a sort of you know <laughs> that the Saria turned into like one of those piñana donkeys that they just fashion uh, it's not meant for that. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Uh, yeah. um, I just don't think he's uh, he's right for the club. But there we go. What do I know? Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you I very think, much. I think I've got a piece of advice for you, Clayton. Next time someone asks whether you saw, whether you've watched Napoli last season, say, I've always taken the view that uh, I should follow the age-old saying, see Naples and die. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, Martin, thank you very much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you some, at some point um, for a, a few pints down the clock and certainly next season, a couple more post-match sessions down the Atlas because I, I deserve them, frankly. Um, uh, I don't know. I just do. And this season's been a bit up and downy for me. But uh, in terms of attendance for various reasons, illness and Christ only knows what else. So, um, but always a pleasure to have you on. Um, thank you very much for your contribution, mate. Thanks very much. And I, I know last week after the Eintracht Frankfurt game, the home leg, I was at the away leg, and that's another story. I nearly got deafened. But the, <laughs> at the home leg, the uh, rule aware, and for others. For any that aren't, there were a lot of uh, German fans in the home ends, and it caused a little bit of angst amongst certain certain Chelsea supporters. But um, after the penalty shootout, on my way out of the ground, I heard these two voices behind me, and they were both very, very German. So I'm thinking, right, who are these? I'm going to turn around and uh, take the piss a little bit. And I've turned around, and this one of said Germans was Michael Ballack. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Working for Sky Germany, and so he instantly cheered up a little bit and shouted one Michael Ballack, and he seemed very happy. And I kept doing it, because he, he was trying to duck into the gap between the East Lower and the Matthew Harding to do the touchline yeah. uh, stuff for... German TV, but he got serenaded on his way through. I think he's more, which is more than the 
more than enough because yes, a fantastic know, player and what, what a great player. One, one of my one of my all time favourites, Chelsea. Uh, Donald, thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll get the musical interludes back on. Song. Yes, I do apologise. I'm sure people have uh, listened to this only for that reason, and yeah. uh, I've let them down badly. But it's been that sort of a season. It has indeed. Um, thanks, guys, um, and uh, until next time. Um, up the chels and uh, that's the end of the recording